Amen. Thank you all. Because this morning we are starting a new, ser- a new series uh, called Pray. All right? Called Pray. Not prayer, but pray. Because what we are going to be discussing in these next few weeks is not a noun, something to be a topic to be discussed and debated and all those things. We are talking about action. We are talking about a verb. We are talking about something that we are called to do and need to do and understand how to do. And I believe that in these next few weeks, starting from today, right where we are right now, to when this series ends, if we apply and we take home and we, we become what we're talking about, on Sundays, we are all, as a church, going to be radically different than we are right now. It does not take a long time. It's not going to take a year or two years or anything like that. I'm talking about a few weeks as we sit here right now. And I, listen, y'all, I believe it. I believe it. So I, I have been praying over this series, all right? And I have been, I have, my expectation is so high. I know this is where God wants us because I know that where we are now is not where he's not satisfied with that. And we shouldn't be either. And if we as a church, all right, if we as a church can actually walk out and do the things that we are going to discuss over these next few weeks, I am believing for miracles, all right? I know that they are going to happen, but the ultimate miracle that is going to happen in our lives in this church is that we are going to know God greater. We are going to know Him more. And so the miracle might be a miraculous healing. The miracle might be a radical change of our own heart. All right? But it will be like we sung this morning. It will draw us closer to him. And any time that we do that, that's a miracle. Any time that we know the Lord more and we open up dialogue with him, miracles happen because our understanding of him is greater. And it doesn't matter if you've been coming to church for 30 minutes or 30 years. None of us have a full grasp on how good God is. None of us. Even in that comparison, it's like someone's, two people are trying to jump to the moon and one goes 10 feet in the air and the other one goes five, right? You're still super far away, right? So your whole lifetime can be spent at church and you're st- we're still, because God is so good, there's still so much more that we can know about him. So this morning, that's what we're going to be talking about. The verb, the action, pray. And you know, the, the, the interesting thing about talking about prayer in church is a lot of times it evokes more guilt than it does hope, which is backwards, right? We hear, oh, we're talking about prayer, and our immediate thought is more, more than likely, oh, I don't pray enough, right? I know we're going to talk about prayer. Oh, I need, I need to pray more, right? Right off the bat. Some of y'all may have already been thinking it. Just seeing the graphic on the screen. I need to pray more, right? Philippians 4, pray without ceasing. I get it, James. We're done here. Made me feel bad already. Yes, but guess what? We all need to pray more. There's no one. It, listen, the real problem is if you see the graphic and you go, you know what? I pray enough. <laughs> like, we need to lay hands on you. Church, circle around. Let's go. We need all hands on deck for that one. No, I'm good. I'm tapped out on prayer. No. Be anxious for nothing, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray in all situations, pray without ceasing. Listen, that, can, that verse can seem just defeating, but the point of that verse is not to say never stop praying with every breath. I mean, we do that, how do we eat? How do we, how do we sleep, right? It's to say that make your life a life of prayer. 
right? And we get in this weird understanding that if we miss our quiet time in the morning, that little box on our list of things to do that's anywhere between 5, 10, or an hour long, right, uh, then, then we've missed our chance to pray. Well, I, miss, I slept in, I hit the snooze too many times, and that's it. No, what, what Philippians is saying is like, that's part of it, but it goes on all day long. All day long is when we're called to prayer. And if, if we approach the topic of prayer through guilt, it is not going to lead us to pray more, all right? It will lead us to pray less. I feel bad about praying, so I, I'm just not going to pray, right? Or, or we hear voices like this that say, I don't know how to pray. Or I certainly can't pray like them, right? Let's just do a real quick show of hands. For those especially that have been, um, been a Christian, been walking with the Lord for a while now, when you first started walking with the Lord and you came to church and you heard someone pray, did you think, I can't pray like them. They're good, right? Come on, be honest with me. Okay, basically everybody, right? That's just, the, that's just the nature of it. I can't pray like them. They're good at prayer. Like, really? Really? But here, here's, here's the first point that I want to make this morning. When we, when we have that reaction, it's because those people have been praying a long time. And you learn to pray by praying. You learn to pray by praying. But we don't wait to sound like other people to pray. If we do that, we're never going to get around to it. It's never going to happen. So we have to get over all of these misconceptions that I don't pray enough and I don't know how to pray and, and I don't sound like them when I pray. You learn to pray by praying. And I want to look at a dialogue right here in a parable that Jesus uh, speaks on in Luke chapter 15 and just kind of check out what is being said specifically in this story. This is the story of the prodigal son. Some of you may be familiar with it. And truthfully, we could do a series on the prodigal son. We could read the story every single week and do a different sermon on it for, for like two months because it's, there's so much in here. But I just want to look this morning at, the, at what is being said. It begins in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. It says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. So the first thing that the son says to the father are harsh words. All right, He is saying to the father, let's just go ahead and pretend that you're dead. Give me my inheritance and I'm going to be on my way. I'm out of here. Right? That is what he is saying. Harsh words to his father. Verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So in this section, we have no dialogue. It's quiet. No talking. Verse 15, so he went and hired himself out to, uh, to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the paws that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Check this out, verse 17. When he came to his senses... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Verse 21, then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned 
against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. What an interesting progression we have here in this story. The son says harsh things to the father right off the bat. And I know, I believe and know that God does not want us to say harsh things to him. Like, I wish you were dead. Just go ahead and give me my reward. That's not what God wants to hear from us. But I will say this. God wants us to be honest with him. He wants us to be honest with him. Because when we're honest with him, there is still dialogue. We notice in the middle of that story, when things go silent, what happens? There is a severe famine. And the son is in need because he is now out of the covering of his dad. He's out of the covering of his dad. And when we cut off, it's like what, what B.J. Chandler said last week, our, our, uh, the missionary that preached for us. If you missed it, go back and listen. It was a great word. He said it, it's worse to have apathy, Right? It's worse to have apathy, and that would ha- that's what happens in the story. The son's like, I'm done. I don't care about you, so I'm going to go off and do my own thing, and there's radio silence across the board. God would much rather have us be honest with him and continue the dialogue with him. And if you listen and read the Psalms, it's full of these honest conversations. How long, O oh Lord? How long? You've forgotten me. Will you remember me? My enemies are this and my enemies are that on me. And, and it, it always circles back, though. I think there's only two chapters in all of Psalms that doesn't end with praising God. So we start off on this, this journey, right, in our prayer life of being honest with the Lord and telling Him the things that we're struggling with. But in, as we do, and the dialogue continues, God is so secure in who He is, it always comes back to praising Him. Because we're then reminded in that as the, as the conversation continues. But if we cut things off, if we're just like, I'm done, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to go off into this distant land. That is when the real famine hits us. Because we're no longer under God's covering anymore. But he can say, I can take it. I can take it. You know why? Because, listen here, God wants honesty, not eloquence. All right? And so when we hear people pray better than us and we think, I can't pray like that, we're missing the whole point. We're not trying to sound like Chaucer when we talk to God, y'all. If we read the, new King, the, the King James Version, that's not what he's after. We don't talk like that anymore. All right? He wants to hear, God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm tired. God, I'm hurt. I'm alone. I'm worried. God, I'm grateful. I love you. I'm so happy right now. Those are all like two and three word prayers. So don't, let's, let's just forget about that lie that we don't know how to pray. We can say two words. God, I'm tired. God, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. That's honest prayer. That is what he is after. That is what he wants. Matthew 6, starting in verse 7, says, And when you pray, this is Jesus speaking, by the way, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, 
For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Listen, God already knows. Well, then, James, why do I even have to say it? Because He wants a relationship with you. He wants to hear your voice. He's like, I know what you need, but I want you to say it to me. I want you to tell me. He's, he's, he's Ryan Gosling in the notebook. Tell me what you want, right? Tell me what you want. I already know, just say it. Be honest with me. I don't care about the big words. That's just a bunch of nonsense. So not be thou thy God, thee, O Lord. Just God, my money is really tight and I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I need you to come through. God, my marriage is suffering. Help. That is a great prayer, by the way. Help. Help me. If you're not praying that prayer on a regular basis, start. Start. Because he'll help you. He really will help you. And this is what I find so amazing about the Lord. Think, think for a second of everything that God's created, the heavens and the earth, the stars, all the universes, the ones that we know about and the ones that we don't. Everything that he can see. Like God could just sit in his recliner and kick his feet up and just watch the world happen. And with everything that he has at his disposal, more than anything, what God really wants is to hear from us. More than anything in all the universes, what God desires is a dialogue with us. I'll be real honest with you all. I have three amazing daughters. But they talk a lot. <laughs> right? They talk a lot. You might not see it here, because a lot of them are introverted like me, but when they get home, it's like everything that they wanted to say when they were out in public, they say at home, right? And as much as I love them, there are moments when I'm like, can I, can I just watch like two innings of a Braves game? Like just two? Maybe, maybe just one, I'll take one. And they're just cha 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 And I would love to say that I'm such a good dad that I just turn the TV, yes, child. <laughs> Tell me the story of how you saw the cat outside one more time. <laughs> I found it so fascinating the first 837 times you told me. <laughs> Tell me again. But I don't. I'm like, Jesse! <laughs> Your daughter has a story to tell you. But in those moments, I, I try to remind my list. I'm, I'm, I don't want to try and paint myself like this awesome dad because I fail more than, than, I, than I succeed in this. But I try to remind myself in those moments, there are going to be times, coming sooner than later, sadly, when they're not going to want to tell me anything. When I'm going to be going, <laughs> tell me the story. I want to hear about the cat. I'm sorry. <sighs> There's going to be that time coming. And so I, I try and remind myself, like, turn the TV off. Get on their, get on their level. I love, I love with Ellie. I like to just get down and just look her right in the eye. She's so cute. 
and she's just talking to me, and it's all nonsense, right? <clears throat> but I don't care, because she's so cute, and the words sound so, so cute, coming out of her mouth. But I just try and appreciate in those moments that they want to talk to me. And the last thing that I am thinking about in those moments are, you don't really have a very extensive vocabulary, do you? <laughs> like, you don't talk like me. Well, maybe they do. You don't talk like normal adults. <laughs> so I'm going to have you go to talking to me class, learn some better words, make sure it flows better, and then you can come and talk to me. You need to learn how to talk to me. That's ridiculous. All I care about, all I care about is that they're talking to me. That's what I care about. But you know, we act like that with the Lord. We say, he doesn't want to hear about my cat story again. He doesn't want to hear this complaint again. He doesn't want to hear this prayer again. I don't have the right words to say to him. I'm bothering him. He's got other things to do. When the entire time, God is going, all I want is for you to talk to me. That's all I want. And isn't it kind of funny when we, when we first become Christians and we have this flow of how we talk to the Lord. We're so new at it and we're, we're fired up and we just pray and things come out and it, it's like we're that little two and three-year-old with a super cute voice. And we like lose that cute voice along the way. God wants that. I never want my daughters to lose that. Ever. And God does not want us to stop talking to him. Even if it feels like we are just saying the same story over and over. He would rather that then everything goes silent. And us get out of the covering of him as our father and have to go out into the world and experience whatever famine awaits us. You know, what I love about the story of the prodigal son is when it says that he came to his senses. Oh yeah, I have a father who can take care of me. Oh right, I can do this. And so he goes, and this is his, this is Jesus' story that Jesus told. Here his, is his eloquent prayer. Father, I have sinned. Four words. Yeah, four words. Father, I have sinned. He says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then he goes on to say some gibberish that isn't true. I'm not worthy to be your son anymore. And it's like the dad says, I'm not even going to listen to that. I'm not even going to listen to that because my son is now home. I'm going to wrap my arms around and we're going to throw a party because the dialogue now is back. And he's speaking to me again. And he's home. I'm not even going to wait for him to get to the front door. As soon as he turns... It's like he knew that there was something to say. I'm going to run to him because all I care about is hearing from my son who was lost. That's all I care about. Not about what you did. Not about the harsh words that you said to me before. It's that you're home now and you're speaking to me again. 
Because of everything that God's created, we are his prized possessions. We are his children. And he just wants to hear from us. We've got to start opening our mouths and being honest with him, y'all. And I know for a fact that there are some of us in here that are not being honest with God. We are trying to tell him all the things that we think he wants to hear. And it's getting us nowhere. It's getting us nowhere. When what he wants is for us to just say, God, I'm sorry. I am sorry. God, I love you. God, I'm hurting. I know I said it yesterday, and I know I said it the day before, and the day before that, and he never grows tired of it. The remote isn't even in his hand, y'all. The TV's never even turned on. He's at the front porch waiting for us to return and come to our senses and come back to him. That's what he's looking at. Because he loves us so much. So if you are tired and you are weary of saying the same thing over and over again to God, keep at it. Because he's not tired of it. You know what's amazing? I heard uh, a pastor say this. this uh, Tim Keller said, if we knew all, if we knew all that God knew, right? If we knew all of it, the same exact thing, we would answer our prayers the same way that God does. So if we knew it all, we would never argue with how God answers our prayers. So just keep praying. Keep praying. This is going to be a series where we, throughout these next few weeks, uh, apply what we're talking about. And we're going to do that this morning. And we're going to have the band come back up. And I want to read this to you out of Matthew chapter 11. Jesus' Jesus's words again. This is out of the message, 11.28. He says this, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What Jesus is doing here is he is extending an invitation. And something about me, y'all, I'm not a big, uh, I don't socialize a lot, all right? I'm a hermit, all right? And, and, and so I don't go out a lot, you know? But if I got an invitation to some party like this, all come who are bitter and tired and frustrated and angry. Come on. Come on in. You're like, that's a hard no. For sure. Like, maybe if people were even just a little happy, they might come. But this? And that's what Jesus is offering in this invitation. Are you worn out? Are you burnt out? Are you fearful? Are you anxious? Come to me. Come to me. And I feel like so many times we have it the opposite. I don't want to go to God. I'm too tired. I don't want to go to God. I'm too fearful. Burn out. So I'm not going to go to Jesus. 
and I'm going to cut off the dialogue. I've just grown apathetic to all of this. And I'm kind of just giving up. I'm over it. There's times I believe in everyone's life, everyone that's in here, no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, where we've been in that place where you're just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired of telling the cat story over and over. Nothing's changing. Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Be honest with me. Tell me how you really feel. Tell me what's really going on. Stop saying I'm fine and having this fake smile on your face when you're dying on the inside. Come to me. Come to me. Let me tell you something. Jesus wants to hear from you. You, in your own words, what's going on with you. Because Jesus died for you. Because he loves you. Because he wants a relationship with you. And that happens by you being you to Jesus. Not being the person next to you. Not being any of us on stage or someone else. Be you. Because you are valuable to the Lord. Jesus died for you. And though he already knows what you want and what you need, he wants to hear it from you because that's how much he loves you. He loves the sound of your voice. Maybe your prayer, it's like the song we sing earlier, I love that line, help me know you are here. Help me know you are near. Help me, Father, because right now you seem a million miles away. But just keep the dialogue going. I'm going to have our elders come up. We're going to have a time of prayer. If you're struggling with anything, we want to pray for you this morning. But even, even beyond that, if you just need time with the Lord, you can come up here at the altar. We're going to be talking more about the altar next week. But you can come on up and just kneel and get before the Lord. You can be in your seat right where you're at. But I encourage you to come forward. I believe there's power up here. The Holy Spirit moves at the altar. So come up if that's you. I'm going to close. Y'all can stand. Elders, come on up. Read this last verse. Psalm 51, 16 and 17. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. Listen to this, y'all. A broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. You know what, you know what the Bible's saying there? If you're honest with me, I'm not going to despise you for it. Be honest with me. Are you broken? Come to me. We're going to go back into worship. But I want to ask you these two questions. How honest are you being with the Lord right now and how you pray? And be honest with yourself when you answer that question. How honest are you being with the Lord and how you pray? And if it's been a while... It's time to come to your senses. It's time to come to your senses and remember that God is for you. You don't have to be out in some other foreign place experiencing famine, apathetic towards the Lord. He wants you to come back to him. He misses 
hearing your voice. It is music to his ears. We love y'all. Love this church. It is an honor to pray for you, to pray with you. But when we dismiss, you all go on your, on your way and we'll come back next week and we'll do it all over again. But the prayer needs to continue as you leave here. We can't do it all for you. We will absolutely stand with you, but we can't do it all for you. Don't stop the dialogue with the Lord. He loves the sound of your voice. Even when the words that you have to say can be hard. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you are a close God. You are not far off. We don't have to shout to get your attention. We don't have to beg for you to listen to us. You are there in a moment's notice. When we come to our senses, Father, when we, when we turn our eyes and our affection and our hearts to you, you are right there. And you're not looking for a soliloquy. You're not looking for some amazing speech. You only want our heart. You want a relationship with us, Father. Help us, Lord, to know that you are near. Help us, Father, to speak out of our heart what is really going on, that we wouldn't waste our time putting on some front with you or any, anyone else on Sunday mornings, God. Father, we're so grateful that we serve a God who is alive, who is real, who doesn't have this long checkbox of things we have to do to get right with you. We can neglect you. We can be apathetic. And the second that we turn back to you, you're right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us not waste that gift, Father, of a loving, true Father. As we open our mouths, God, to you, I pray that our hearts would flow out. Our hearts would flow out. The things that we've been holding back, the things that we've been dishonest about, if we need to just say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, that we would do that. We would learn to trust you in it. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship. If you need prayer this morning, come on up.